0: Jay, Brian, thanks for joining me for this very special
1: episode. I think there's about 35 people in the live stream. Um, I got to say, when I announced this yesterday, it, like I don't think I've gotten this much um, just replies and comments and likes and like it, it's all over the spectrum. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be really interesting. Um, first of all, how are you doing, Jay? Um, oh sorry doing... you, you've you're,
0: you've been muted um yeah how are you doing <laughs> i'm doing great i'm doing uh good as always um you know it's there's always a lot going on um it seems just everywhere and uh i'm trying to uh stay centered through it all and you know, you know it's uh it's a nice um, exercise and and staying uh centered through a storm you know and there's always been storms, right? So here's another one. But um, I think this will be good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, someone just mentioned the live in the live stream that uh, I was muted during the intro. Is that possible? Could you I guys mean, hear all
2: me I, All I could hear was music. I was very, very confused. It's like, what's <laughs> going on? It's like, I hear this music, and then.
1: Uh, oh, damn. OK, yeah. So I, I was heard muted you for the, in intro. the
0: intro. I heard you for the intro
2: oh okay okay. that's weird i just heard music
1: well uh i'm still figuring out the software but um yeah so yeah so like i think the last time we chatted was at interchange conversations in berlin uh in 2019 i think um what have you been working on since then and um what's been sort of the 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 arch of uh the arc of, of of uh of Jaquan since um since that
0: time Uh uh-huh um yeah so here's here's a gist um so during during the covid lockdowns right i um i started um honestly admittedly panicking because i saw covid uh and uh, there was a there's an article stating that like i was the first ones talking about it um and 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 also proposing that, you know, it may be true that it came from a lab, uh, which by the way, seems like there's enough consensus on, um, although, you know, you don't really hear in the news, but if you look for it, uh, the facts are all out there with whistleblowers, but, um, yeah. So I, I, uh, I moved to Oregon for a bit. Um, I thought, Hey, I need to go to live in some uh, farmland. And then, um, and then when they started pushing vaccines, experimental vaccines, um, rushed to children, who the data shows doesn't need it, I started to realize that there's something more going on, and uh, I I started diving straight into a bunch of rabbit holes. You know, and I was in some rabbit holes before, but this this made me just dive into some. I. Uh, I kind of surveyed all the rabbit holes. I mean, like literally all of them, um, and um, and came out kind of, um, you know, <laughs> more confused, but definitely um, understanding some some greater picture, and um, and uh, it made me realize that we absolutely need um, a a different kind of platform where people can discuss. Um, these facts and theories, um, without fear of censorship, um, where um, where the system is flexible enough to experiment with different, you know, moderation techniques, different techniques of truth discovery, of uh, of weighing facts, of uh, for all these things. Because what's going on right now is um, the 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 most of media, including, you know, major tech platforms are completely for a while, at least it's it's getting a little better, but it's still true. They're, they're all censored. Right. Um, And, and it seems like the censorship is, is causing real truth to be, um, to be blocked from public view Um, and uh, and it's not good, you know, because yeah, on the other, on the one hand, we, we need to moderate information, but on the other hand, you know, what, what this is being used as this, this, you know, all these conspiracy theories that are not true, you know, half truths and dangerous lies, all these things are being promoted to justify the censorship of information that we do need to know about. And, um, and so I've been working on, um, this project called no land. Um, and it's a it's a different kind of smart contract platform. Um, it's it's um, it, it has it's it's based on Go the language and it uses a different virtual machine, uh, a novel virtual machine that um, the world has never quite seen before. That allows you to basically at any moment pause a program and and continue it merkelize the entire state in memory um, and what that means is you know um, you can program smart contracts in go in the most succinct way as if the computer that is running the uh, the the go program the smart contract um, will never will never um, shut down so the memory the ram memory becomes persistent and, and this opens new ways of programming that um, that preserves, you know, the features of the language, um, enables modularity through the features of the language, uh, while removing a lot of complexity about programming um, today. Not just in, you know, like uh, WebAssembly-based smart contracts, but also just programming in general. Honestly, I think what this virtual machine does is it opens doors to programming paradigms, even in the non-blockchain Web 2.0 space that we should really explore. Um, and well, um, Let's explore it. So
1: we, we um, actually had th- first, like we thought about talking about Adam 2.0 first, but I think since you're, since you already uh, started like on this topic um, and admittedly, both Brian and I only have like a high level understanding of, of no um let's dive into why it's so different from the current paradigm and so like the virtual machine paradigm that we're familiar with and ethereum smart contracts and cosmos and smart contracts and also the you know the cosmos sdk paradigm of uh, of having an sdk with you know modules that are uh, pre-written and pre-compiled for um, for specific applications so yeah how does how does no like depart from what most people are familiar with in in terms of
0: um, writing applications on a blockchain. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I'd say that you know the best the best smart contract system that is in production today is Ethereum Solidity, um, because what it in the in the sense that what it allows you to do um, is to create a very short script, a very short program, contract code, upload it. So it's just one transaction to upload a single file, um, and um, and it you know that's it. Um, and anything you program um, using Solidity is deterministic. You know, so you're not you're not going to get very strange bugs that you would otherwise get um, if you if you were to have to program it into Cosmos SDK. <clears throat> so determinism is is one thing. Like if, if you want to program into Cosmos SDK, you have to program it in a certain way to ensure that everything is deterministic, no matter what you know, different environment or, or instance of the program you're running it. Um, and it's, it's a bit difficult. It's possible, but still difficult. And, uh, and we've seen bugs because of non-determinism. Um, the other thing, the other major thing is um, if you see how the Cosmos SDK always passes a context around, um, you don't have to do that anymore. Um, and part of, you know, what the context object in the SDK is used for is, is to um, load and persist objects, right? So we have these structures in Go, like, you know, your, your, your business model, you know, user or governance proposal, vote, all of these things. And, um, and every time um, you run a transaction, you have to load these objects from the store, deserialize them into objects from bytes and then do your logic and then and then turn them back into bytes and then put them back into store it's like it, this persistence paradigm you know which which comes really from web 2.02 02, right um, is is necessary because um, uh, honestly because we don't have the machine we don't even have the right physical machine to do this we will in the future with with uh, with memristors but that's another story but um What the NoLand VM uh, allows you to do is to forget about persistence because you no longer have to store anything on disk because anything that is in memory is already persisted. Um, Very, very different concept.
2: So I I think uh, probably a lot of people are going to be like struggling with uh, you know sort of what does that mean and like why does it matter? Can you talk about? um, I mean. in the end, right? From somebody using, a, a, you know, a smart contract application on NoLan, like what are what are the benefits that they're going to kind of translate to mm-hmm. the user or to mm-hmm. the developer? Maybe. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'll say um, two major things. One is um, it's very easy to understand you know, land smart contracts. You can even right now if you go to test two dot land, and you can browse through to the to the uh the board's smart contract which is kind of like a little little subreddit um yeah you know, it's just a demonstration but you can see the code you'll see that there's only a few files there it really could be condensed into a single file and uh, everything is is you don't have to understand anything about you know um, a different platform you know you don't have to understand uh, a new paradigm you you can anyone who understands Go can see these files and immediately understand what's going on. So, so it's the intuitiveness, right, that's new. Um uh, and the other thing is um because it's it's so t- you know it's it's so integrated with the language, um modularity becomes you know uh something that, that is um very accessible. And what I mean is with, uh if, if you're gonna program a smart contract in in rust you know it's compile to webassembly for example like you're gonna you're gonna uh, have to deal with messages being passed around right and so you have to understand a new paradigm of message passing um and um, whereas you know in 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 no land um, in no land the virtual machine it's it's just the language features that you already know and go um, you you import a package from a different place. You could even be a different blockchain. You know, maybe we'll go into that later. And you embed the structure in the parent structure. and That's it. You know, the um, the language features are are provided for you as the basis for constructing your smart contracts, and you know, makes it all very simple. Um, so, and another thing to mention okay, is that in the long run. You know, and so like the virtual machine as it is right now, it's an interpreter. It's 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 written in Go. It's good enough for production, but in the long run, as we optimize this thing, um, it will enable um, um, energy savings too, because you don't you don't have to do a lot of things that you would otherwise have to do, say in Cosmos SDK. Anyways.
2: So okay, so basically, if I can sort of maybe rephrase what you're saying, right? So. Okay, the the simplicity of the smart contracts and the benefit of that might be security, no, because it's easier to spot flaws if things are simple. Uh, And maybe also from user security, or like, you know, other people can easier analyze the smart contract and know what's going on. And then maybe sort of the barrier to entry that like developers can more easily learn the thing and create smart contracts is.
0: Yeah, it'll that? open. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It'll it'll reduce the size of a team needed to create an application by an order of magnitude. It will increase by an order of magnitude uh, the amount of developers who can who can program the smart contract this thing at all, and and several orders of magnitude for in terms of people who understand the entire stack because it's all written in Go and it's about Go. Yeah.
1: So what about IBC compatibility here and compatibility with? In the existing Cosmos SDK and Cosmosm paradigm. Um, can you address, uh, and talk about how No fits into all of this?
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit about um, um, our our plans. Right. So these these might change, but this is um, this is how I think we should move forward with No Land. <clears throat> um, so first of all, we we want there to be a minimal token hub. Um, you know, that's that's the reason why um I'm I'm pushing for Atom one, which uh, which I hope we get into very soon. Um because because Nolan doesn't want to compete with the Cosmos hub um for token pegged transfers. Um I, I think that's a that's a problem. Um, that that needs a specialized solution, token pegging, you know, token transfers, into the thing that Adam One is trying to solve, because the entire crypto ecosystem needs it, and it's important to get right. So we should we should pool our security into making a very secure thing, and then innovate upon there. You know, there can be more hubs, but we should get one hub right. Um, so, sorry, what do you mean by
1: token peg transfers?
0: Yeah, what I mean is um what I mean is um uh uh. uh IBC connecting to zones, you know, the IBC currently in the Cosmos Hub is, is, is used for transferring tokens, right? It can be used for other things too, like smart contract calls across chains. So I'll, I'll pinch an example. Another thing that, um, that IBC will be used for, for Noland is, is, you know, besides connecting to the Cosmos Hub for token transfers, is to connect to other chains who want to import code from Noland. So you want to allow other chains, many chains, to to benefit from uh and into the no land virtual machine but also the code that is hosted on no land so you can import you know on, on another chain say you know n- uh, node.world or jquan.land or whatever and say import no land slash p slash whatever code you want and boom you have it the only uh there what we're also um, trying to define a um a uh uh, license fee structure so a portion of the transaction costs transaction fees that are paid that use the virtual machine should pay back to no land, right? Uh, so there's that, but uh, we're, we're you know, our IBC connections to other chains uh will not be for uh, the purpose of you know what Cosmos Hub is trying to do but for allowing uh the virtual machine, the smart contract ecosystem to, to be used all over the place, including chains that use uh, and support Wasm. Any so-
2: I'm a little like confused by this. So so let's say you have some code, some smart contract or program that's is on Gnolan or Noland and then uh, there's another blockchain and you said it could basically import code from there. So so it means they would like send an IBC transaction to Noland and then Noland would send the code over and then the code would run on that other chain.
0: Um, yeah, or, essentially. There will be relayers involved too. yeah, but yeah, other chains can verifiably download um, and use code hosted on Noland. yeah
2: what's so, what's the benefit of that? because because if the code's on Noland, I mean but then would the other chain need some sort of uh, VM or like
0: yeah, it would it would, it would need the it? same VM. yeah. they would yeah. they would need to import essentially the same implementation, right. But as a module of the SDK. Yeah. So think of no land as like a GitHub for no Lang smart contracts. Right. And, and, you know, any website, a web 2.0 website you create, you can import, uh, from GitHub and and the tooling is, you know, transparent. So you don't, you don't have to worry about how it works, but it just works magically kind of. Right. So that's the same idea. You can import code from no Lang as if it was GitHub in the first instance, you know, you'll just you'll you'll only be able to import code. Um, uh, you know, um, but but in future um, iterations, you'll also be able to communicate with NoLand, and it'll be interchain um, uh, messages, and also interchain state inspection. Uh, and what I mean is this: in NoLand, the virtual machine, Merkelizes the entire state. So you know, all the memory, all the objects you create, all of it. They they, they they are part of the root Merkle hash. And, and so what I mean, what this enables is it allows anyone to create a smart contract that um, creates their own IBC protocol, right? You don't even have to pass packets of messages between chains. You can just see what's going on. It's a, the it's a difference between talking through words versus just seeing through body language. I'd say, but um, you know, it'll open a new can of worms, uh, a new world, a Pandora's box of IBC innovation, permissionless IBC innovation, and at that point, you know, I would say there will be new versions of IBC that that will just happen permissionlessly. So let's
1: uh, let's talk about yeah your your constitution proposal that you that you've posted to GitHub and also on the governance forum uh, that you've titled Adam One what's the motivation behind this document and where does it fit in the context of, you know, prolonging the hub and ensuring that the hub remains relevant Mm -hmm. long-term.
0: So um, um, when the, when the hub was conceived, um, it was, uh, it was called a hub and there was, there was very explicit visual imagery of how the hub has spokes around it and how the hub is is primarily solving for token transfers. And that's, that's what was communicated. And and we talked about how this system can scale to allow many transfer transactions, other transactions, new application transactions throughout the entire ecosystem, but still, um, benefit from having the hub transparently, accountably tracking, you know, where the tokens are. Um, and, um, and, um, you know it, it was implicit because there was no constitution but through you know various conversations and writings kind of scattered throughout uh for me um the the goal was always to um, basically create an alternative financial system right to create the backbone for an open decentralized financial system um and and that means you know solving what and trying to solve what bitcoin's trying to solve but going further to allow scaling right and and not just bitcoin but any kind of token and all right so um the thing that that um that i didn't like about the adam 2 proposal uh, more so about the the way it was pitched was that it it um it didn't. It didn't educate the use the, the people, the readers. Uh, it didn't educate the cosmonauts about mm, about the alternative, you know, kind of default plan of basically, you know, mm, creating this this base layer upon which, you know. And what I mean is, I think it's much better to double down on the original vision of the cosmos hub being a platform upon which new products and new innovations can be created permissionlessly. To the so extent. I,
1: yeah. yeah, well, so so that's interesting. Um, I think that the the authors of the paper would argue that that is the vision for Adam too, um, that the allocator and the treasury that is used to fund new projects um, allows innovation to occur um allows new projects to build uh their uh interchain security uh, is also a big component in um, bringing new projects to the hub l- that leverage security and leverage um the and that sort of benefit from from the economics of hub security um that all, uh, all, like the, the Adam 2.0 paper i think was written with this intention where do you think like it sounds from your view that you feel that they've gotten it wrong um, or, or that maybe the, the, the long-term effects of what Adam Two aims to implement will not achieve these goals.
0: Um, okay. So, yeah. Mm, well, um, one is, you know, the, mm, the, let's talk about um, the Atom token itself. Um, Right. So, so what Adam two does is it, it it turns Adam more into a a money like token. Right. Um, And, and, you know, this is a very different model than before. So that's why in Adam one, I I double down on the original idea for why Adam should be separate from other tokens and, and clarify, you know, how, how it all works. And I'll talk about it. the thing about the hub, you know, what, what's the main selling point of the hub? It's not just availability, scalability, but it's also security. We we own this niche in, in terms of Byzantine fault-tolerant consensus, you know, like, because we were the first to solve proof of state really, you know, by utilizing classical BFT algorithms. And, and that's what drew people into cosmos in the first place. Um, now, I think we should we should make sure we hold on to that niche. And if we lose it, I believe we will lose our identity. And people that were originally drawn to the system will will leave for other systems that are able to maintain, you know, that that narrative. Um, and in, in in this sense, I think it's really important to to keep the atom separate from. A payment money-like token, um, and and I'll explain why. Um, look at look at Ethereum, right? They have now converted to proof of stake, and and a, as of the last time I checked, it was like twelve percent or so of ETH was staked in proof of stake. Now imagine if Ethereum becomes like a dominant money form, right? Ether, then um, then you'll have all these people, more people, a lot more people who hold ETH money, right? Who um, who shouldn't be staking or delegating because they they shouldn't be in charge. They shouldn't be responsible for for trying to secure the system because they don't know much about security. I, I don't think everyone on a planet who uses money should understand who to delegate to, to ensure a secure system. You know, I, I think that introduces politics and, and you know, um, and, and just politics into the system. And it turns the system away from skin in the game, you know, uh, security system into uh, a political game, right? Of, of who has the airwaves. Um, and people shouldn't, shouldn't, you know, make decisions that will get them slashed, right? Um, it, unless unless that's the game they choose to play, in which case you know you, you should you should if you think you could be an expert in it
2: so, all right so you were so you're, wor- so you're uh-huh. worried that like Adam becoming more money like thing would sort of undermine the security because then more people would hold it who aren't like interested in staking or interested in the, or, or, or maybe too disconnected from sort of the 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 actual governance and decision making is that your concern
0: or yeah it, it creates an impossibility situation where right, where you can't satisfy all the needs um okay so um so i'll continue with the example once ethereum say hypothetically catches on to become you know greater than bitcoin and you know even multiple times greater because it becomes the new financial system right um it means either that the percent of stake that a percent of ETH that is staked must go must drop significantly below twelve percent to like even less than one percent, um, perhaps. Wait, you know, what? Very low. I mean, this. Okay, okay. Let's go into a little detour. I'll try to explain. Think about how much money there is just in the M two monetary you know system, right? M two money. It's it's in the tens of trillions. Okay. And think of, think of atoms as being like shares of Visa, shares of, of you know, banks or the Federal Reserve. Okay. The market cap of, of Visa and, and these banks is much lower than the total monetary supply. Okay. So you can already see here that the percentage is, is, is very different. It's not 12%, it's much less. And and the same thing will happen if ETH becomes money. So so either the percent that is staked, you know, to make these, you know, to make consensus decisions and governance decisions will be very small or it will be very large. You know, if it's very small, then it's insecure because a bunch of whales with a bunch of money can just suddenly come around and stake their ether and then take over the system whenever they want. If it's very large, if the percent of ETH staked is very large, it means multiple things. It means it means people who shouldn't be staking are staking or and or it means uh, it means the inflation rate to 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 get people to stake is too high. So this becomes, you know, more of an inflationary system than it needs to be.
2: Well, I mean, I, I think if we like if you take the Ethereum example, right, then of course, what you're sort of missing here is the existence of liquid staking, right? Which allows basically uh makes it very easy, right, for people to stake, but also to uh you know use their thing as a kind of money money like instrument, right? To like stake the i I don't um, I don't
0: agree with you, um respectfully. Um in I, what I think, aspect? Okay, so so in this aspect. Um, um I think that the utility of liquid staking, um, well, first of all, needs to be limited um, because of the systemic risk. Um, and and uh, I don't think this is discussed enough, even though it is mentioned in, in the chorus one interchange staking paper, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very explicitly mentioned there, but it's not, people don't talk about it. They don't understand what's actually gonna happen. Once we have liquid staking, right? Um, people are then going to create um, uh, services that uh, that incentivize people to put their liquid staking into that service All right and this service is going to um, it's going you know it, in a good liquid staking system you know there it's it, it you know uh, it, it uh, this this giant pool can very well become you um, uh, uh, the thing that controls governance of the the, the original stake atoms. So it creates an incentive for people who have you know who have capital to to come in and basically fuck the system, excuse my language by by you know creating another Luna like situation. You know, they'll make it you know beneficial for you to put your liquid stake in there and then they'll use that power, to then take over and destroy the original system. You know, so are you, destroy are you profit. profit by the and risk
1: of governance takeover. So essentially just to kind of lay, lay this out here. So you've got a liquid staking provider. Um, currently in the way that liquid staking is set up. You, so you have staking shares. You move those into the liquid staking provider. They now have control over your stake, but the way that most liquid staking providers and in Interchain currently are set up, they're set up in such a way that um, the users uh, maintain their uh, their governance rights. So uh, users are are able to uh, maintain governance rights over their tokens that are staked through this liquid staking uh, service provider. So you're concerned that there would be some sort of a malicious takeover by these providers, um, or mm-hmm. that, that this would be possible, and that. That they could essentially take over governance.
0: Yeah, I mean that's this is just one example of of what may happen, right? And what's sure, what's certain is there's not enough discussion of how to prevent these scenarios. Uh, a discussion of um, of of what are what are all the failure scenarios and how do we prevent it? It's, it's I don't see enough discussion on that. The only place I saw this was in the course One paper, but I think there are many other ways um, to to exploit the system too. You know, I mean it. it um, okay um which which I can't even understand well because i'm not I'm not a you know financial derivatives guy but i'm yeah. I'm sure you know there are ways that people can describe better than I can um here's another example in the quicksilver white paper you know one of the major um starting points is that well the amount that you can get slashed is only five percent, so ninety five percent of the atoms are just are just staked and bonded without any utilization. And that's used as justification. But the fact is we need to get away from just a 5%. There should be cases where 100% of the atoms are, are slashed. So so it, it kind of, you know, already, you know, that assumption, which is already in the uh, Adam 1 white paper, already kind of, you know, nullifies that very- What, what
1: would be those scenarios? What, what what are some
0: examples where you think 100% of atoms should be slashed? Okay. Um, uh, when more than a third of um, the state datum holders uh, and, and the validators thereof <clears throat> participate in a complex attack whereby they um, fork the chain. Now, if you fork the yeah. chain, I mean, you participate in that. Yeah, you, you, should, you should get slashed entirely.
2: But that would happen anyway, I think. In, in such a scenario, right, I think people would basically right. do a hard fork and actually... Right. Uh, right.
0: It would I mean, happen anyways, but yeah. it, but what it does is that destroys the original assumption around liquid staking, which, you know, because of the violated assumptions would have huge repercussions.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're, you know, like you're totally right, right. When we wrote this research paper, and for those who don't know, basically, of course, one we wrote in like 2019, we think a lot about liquid staking, right? and think a lot about, you know, the different risks and wrote this paper on there, uh, which uh, maybe you can link to. Um and yeah we were thinking a lot about these different issues and and of course this discussion happens even today ex- to some extent in ethereum right where people are worried about lido and you know that basically with the success of lido that you almost start having this kind of other layer of control over the ethereum network which ends up being like you know the lido governance and the ldo token so i think there's definitely been discussion in ethereum about this and you know when we were working on like kind of designing the Quicksilver ideas, we did want to preserve some of the some of the features of uh, the Cosmos staking model, in particular that people choose their validator and that people can participate mm-hmm. in governance. Because mm-hmm. a lot of liquid staking systems, you know, they kind of lose that, you know, because you're putting your tokens in and then there's some separate process that chooses the validator, and you know, the governance is kind of like. Uh, you can't exercise it anymore, but of course, you're still right that I think liquid staking does open up different risks and attack vectors, and uh, and and I agree with you. I think there's pro- there's not enough discussion about it, but I guess the challenge is also that it's really hard to understand what are the risks, which ones are likely, how how could they happen. And at the same time, I think you have a big, you just have a big uh, pressure or you have a big incentive, you know, for liquid staking to happen. And I think it's kind of widely seen as something that's inevitable
0: uh, Ooh. because I... it
2: has those strong benefits. All right.
0: So, so okay, here, here's one criticism of the Adam Two white paper. If I understood it correctly, it seems like what it's saying is, okay, well you can already do interchange staking with interchange accounts. Uh, some non-native liquid staking you can do that through liquid uh, interchain accounts but it it says then that we should also create a a native way to do liquid staking and I guess the the presupposition the assumption is that that will limit the amount of liquid staking through interchain accounts but I don't think that's true I think um, interchain accounts is already powerful enough that you can try to do whatever else you want on the hub but the interchain accounts is already flexible enough that you know people will you know it, it will not you know, the, the the native solution will not limit the non-native solution.
2: Uh, I, so I mean, my understanding of the goal uh, of the liquid this native liquid staking solution isn't to limit uh, the usage of interchain accounts, but it's actually to accelerate liquid staking adoption by yeah. allowing people to liquid stake without having to go through non bonding period for one. Uh, okay I think, well because i think the sort of you know the larger hmm. thesis of the adam 2.0 paper
0: hmm.
2: which i'm i mean there's a lot of things i like about the Adam 2.0 paper there's some things i'm like less sure about i think this idea of like adam becoming kind of like this widely used money i'm i'm not sure about it um but i think the idea is that okay you want to get a lot of people move to Adam's liquid staking so that those liquid state tokens can then be used, you know, across this interchain economy, and that this way, you know, atom becomes more established and more integrated and more valuable.
0: So, I want to say two points here. One, and then you know, another. Okay, just one point to complete this thought for me, which is, um, um. So, going back to what I was saying with interchain accounts, I think we need to, because of the systemic risk, we must limit how much. Is staked through interchain accounts. The atom one constitution proposal includes um, uh, a system to limit uh, the amount of staked atoms through interchain accounts um, by by you know imposing a bit of a tax on on using that system five percent you know, and this should be adjusted to limit it to make sure say the total amount of interchain staked atoms say is like twenty five percent or something you know, something of that nature it needs to be explicit um, now. Going back to um, kind of the bigger picture, a lot of what we want through a liquid staking really I think is solved by um, by creating the photon token. Okay. So um, for example, um, the photon token, um, you know, is um, it, first of all, like this, this, this atom to photon burn that is proposed in the constitution, um, it, um, it, 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 it resolves the issue of atom inflation that people are worried about. Like, why are we creating people, are, you know, and, and I am too, I'm on the same camp, like we're, this is way too much, 20% of atoms being inflated towards, you know, experimental treasury systems. Like, okay, well, with the atom to photon proposal, people have a choice to voluntarily burn their atoms to get photons. And what the photons will do is allow uh, people to stake them the photons can be staked for interchange staking. You know, it's also used for, um, transaction fees. It's also used for, um, well, it's, it's basically the, you know, everything people wanted in a, 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 you know, everything people wanted about Atom to be, you know, non exponentially inflationary is, is provided for you in the photon token, right? Because the photon token does not uh, inflate exponentially. Um, and, and so, you know, just about everything you really want in terms of liquidity should be resolved and solved by the photon token.
2: So the photon, the idea of the photon token would be that, like, you can burn atoms and then you get photon tokens, and then uh, you can go the other way around as well. You can burn. No, the no. And get the atom. no. So the,
0: the the what's proposed, and this can change, is for it to be one way only, and for it to be a one time event. You know, over a period of three months, right? Um, and, and, and this is better than forking the atom distribution, you know, mirroring it to create the photon token, because it allows people to, to choose whether they want to participate in this photon experiment or not. Um, yeah. And And, um, and
2: what's mm -hmm. the point of this token? So now you have a double Mm -hmm. token, but like, what's the point?
0: The point is that um, it is more like, it is more like a money token than the atom is right? The atom, like I mentioned before, should be thought of as shares, right? General partner shares of of IBM, of Visa, right? Um, And, you know, going back to, I'll just reiterate, you know, because, you know, even the market cap of what Visa is like 300, 400 billion dollars, quite a lot. But if atom were to become money, that amount, you know, $400 billion put at stake by a bunch of, you know, whales collectively in order to take over Cosmos is like an easy deal, right? So well, we, so by having this atom-photon distinction, it creates a barrier, right? That allows the system to be to remain secure despite a bunch of whales trying to take over the system all of a sudden, right? So- mm-hmm. okay, yeah, I, think
2: the- the, I think sort of the, I think the concern would be here that, you know, one is Adam has like a known brand. It's listed on Exchange. It is like it, it, you know, there's there's a there's a lot of weight behind it, right? So the idea of like, and, and it's already used to some extent a, a little bit in this kind of interchain economy. And now you're sort of, you know, trying to accelerate that. Whereas a photon like that sounds like, okay, it would just be some new token that um but like why would that become
0: mhm yeah well you know okay yeah. it's like right right why? Why would people care? Well, I mean, if we see that this is a better system because it preserves security and it creates a a, a token that uh, is is the token to use for interchange staking, so already has utility not only for transaction fees across zones hosted by ICS, but also bonding. what do you mean
2: with interchange staking? <clears throat>
0: uh huh. What I mean is, okay, I wrote this in the Adam One Constitution, so so I'll just briefly summarize it here, right? But the whole point of the atom is to ensure that two-thirds of it are staked, the majority, the super supermajority are staked, right, for securing the Cosmos hub, right? So it's it starting with the assumption that the Cosmos hub uh, in this system is the most important thing we want to secure. So we create a wall around it by separating it from money, right, and ensure that two-thirds are staked because that solves the security problem that I was mentioning, right? Um, and... Uh, so your question was, uh, Photon Token, why? Okay, so now if we, what Interchange Staking is trying to do is it's trying to create a whole marketplace of many, many blockchains that are secured, right? Ultimately by the Cosmos Hub. The problem is if you use Atoms to, to, to secure and to, to be the stake behind all of these other um, blockchains that are secured through ICS, it it already it it already nullifies the the security that we're trying to create by the separation, because if you know, for example, if only ten percent of the atoms are staked, right, on a uh, a Cosmos Hub, and then the other ninety percent are staked all over all over the place on other blockchains, well, like you know, how do you differentiate between blockchains, interchain uh, secure blockchains that are just there to like earn you know inflationary atoms right and then all of a sudden they're gonna unbond from these zones and then stake back in the cosmos hub and take it over right so you what you have to do is you have to make sure two-thirds of the atoms bonded on are are all bonded on the atom uh, on on the cosmos hub right and by 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 allowing them to be not bonded on the uh, cosmos hub but being bonded elsewhere and still earn you know inflationary atoms you 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 already you know you already destroy that 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 original thing you want to preserve that invariant so what we need for interchange staking ultimately is um is it's for it to be bonded staked by tokens that are not inflationary and it's not atom you know and like financial institutions already do this like if you want to if you want to create a uh financial service you know company you have to bond a certain amount of dollars right you don't bond your shares that would be weird i mean if you, if you had to bond you know your shares and in Visa or something or shares in your company or whatever, it would just make this thing so much more complex bonding uh, in, 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 a, in more of a monetary token will be a lot more easy to understand and, um, and, and evaluate. Right. What, so but so and,
1: what, uh, what, one of the things I was thinking about here is how does, how does Adam maintain its value? Because currently like Adam has staking utility, um, But it's also kind of used a little bit as a money and, but, but here the atoms remain staked um, and I guess we haven't talked about the, the, um, the supply uh, and so like the inflation of atoms through staking rewards, but long-term, what is the incentive for atom holders to remain uh, staked long-term rather than selling their atoms and moving them somewhere
0: where they have better returns? mm-hmm um okay so um there's there's a lot of you know reasons why you want to stake your atoms <clears throat> um it's because you know you, don't, you not only earn you know whatever is happening the cosmos sub transaction fees and whatnot right you also earn um a constant supply of photons being paid to the staked atom holders so if photon succeeds atom succeeds so there's an incentive for all the atom holders to be promoting you know the photon token um also, um, in the constitution, um, there's a proposed way to uh, take a portion of the uh, the revenue for interchain uh, state zones that are staked by photons to to pay a portion of that back to the state datum holders as well, right? So through you know atom earned uh, transaction fees on the Cosmos Hub. And by the way, um, here's another thing that I haven't even mentioned, like. Um, there are other ways, you know, that that the constitution could be amended um, uh, to allow uh, to allow more blockchains to be secured uh, by Atom and not the Photon. You know, and, and this is really easy to do if you just say, besides the Atom and the Cosmos Hub, there will be um, <clears throat> there will be more, you know, there would be like in you know, ten or over n number of other blockchains that are all secured by the same validator set. You know that's very simple, easy to understand, and and all of those blockchains can earn transaction fees being paid back to the Cosmos Hub uh, to the uh, state atom holders. But anyway, but that's atoms. What's... But okay. but the value of yeah. atoms.
1: So if, if if Photon becomes the um, the primary utility, like the token that has the most utility and velocity of money and and mm-hmm. usage, uh, mm-hmm. and and staked out, My my like atoms are just staked there, and they're not. They are not produced. They're not doing anything, do you, do you think that the value of Atom will continue to accrue? And, and if it doesn't, if, if the value of Atom uh, drops significantly, then the attack vector becomes, well, someone just buys up all the Atom's OTC from uh, from Atom Adam stakeholders, or like somehow buy up their private keys or something. like. Basically, you, you, you could buy up all the Atoms in the system uh, in order to uh, take over the chain.
0: Well, the, the, the feedback mechanism, uh, the, the, I guess it's the feedback
1: mechanism that I'm not understanding.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll um, okay. So there's, there's a, there, what's proposed is that forever, um, 2% of the Genesis amount of photons, right? So that constant fixed amount of photons forever, every year be inflated to the state atom holders. So already because of that, if photon succeeds, atom succeeds, but also, uh, this, you know, initially that will be relevant, but as time passes and there are many, many ICS staked um, zones and blockchains, um, a portion of the rewards that go toward the bonded photon holders, right, that are securing those ICS zones, should go to the ad staked atom holders. So. So there is there is a, a, a essentially a royalty fee payment kind of system that always feeds back towards the atom holders, and you know let's say this portion is initially you know let's say this 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 uh, royalty fee tax whatever you want to call it is say twenty five percent, okay so twenty five percent of the revenue being paid to the validators that are securing that are chosen through photon staking goes to the state atom holders, that already means if there's enough photon secured zones through ICS then the ATOM, the price of the ATOM will be greater. You know, the market cap of ATOM will be greater than, you know, just about any other ICS secured zone.
2: I mean, I I feel like the flaw with this a little bit is so when you look at interchain security right now, then, you know, there seems to be pretty good traction, right? In that there's like, you know, real interest from different projects that want to use interchain security. Why do they want that, right? Because the Cosmos Hub has a secure validator set uh, it has a, a a big amount of uh, value that's being staked and that's kind of you know slashable and guaranteeing the security because the chain has been around for years and has functioned well um, and and they want to kind of leverage that right so I think the idea of saying like okay we're using the Atom or Cosmos hard validator set we're using Atom as the staking token for interchain security and to secure these other chains. That seems like you know, a very straightforward and logical way for the Cosmos Hub to sort of you know, offer, offer its security and, and sort of validation services to other chains and you know, monetize it. Now, I think if you, if you say there's another token that's being staked, uh, I mean, I, I think, first of all, I think that that would not have the same appeal. I think the other issue here is actually even if you take a, a little bit of a step back right I think um security securities actually seems to be pretty far right and going pretty well and and it's of course not designed with another token in mind now I guess you could you could launch something right that uses another token but it it's I, I think that's that's not like a discussion, uh, e- even when you had all this white paper discussion, right? There's a lot of discussion around the Adam to white paper, but I think this isn't, this hasn't been something that I feel like has really um, been on been people's d- mind much at fair. all.
0: Yeah, well, that's why we're here. Um, so, uh, so, okay. So like in this model of, of ICS that you see happening, right. Um, um, who are the validators? Are there more validators in the core Cosmos Hub validators or, um, or only the I Cosmos Hub validators? I think initially it's
2: the Cosmos Hub validators.
0: Mm-hmm yeah. So, okay. There's a, there's definitely room for expanding the constitution to allow a special case of interchange security. That is, that uses atoms, like I mentioned before, you know, um, here's here's kind of the problem um the 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 distribution of of atoms uh, of voting power and the validators is is wildly different the top validator versus the bottom validator has has just you know orders of magnitude difference right so so you know, here's my follow-up question in this interchange staking system you're talking about um do the validators volunteer to participate in interchange security or um, or does everyone need to participate at once?
2: I, I right. think, uh, in the beginning, uh, everything, everybody needs to participate.
0: Okay. So this is the exception I was talking about the simple, uh, simple model of interchange security where the entire validator set is participating in other zones. Um, okay. I, I will, I will edit the constitution to add this exception for that case. Absolutely. Um, the Atom token can be used for interchange staking. Okay. Um, the problem is once you deviate from that, and you have interchange stake zones that are um, that 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 allow for voluntary, you know, um, uh, uh, then then you know it becomes impossible to ensure that there's any sane Nakamoto, you know, coefficient, right? Um, it just becomes very difficult to ensure that. And you can also, yeah. so so that's the that's the problem with deviating from everyone has to participate. In simple replicated security. The problem. Uh, there's another way to do this with the Atom token, where you can say, "Okay, well, um, you can you can use atoms to stake on the Cosmos Hub validator set, or you can use atoms to stake on Interchain Security on these other blockchains." This is um, this was also discussed before, you know, and 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 maybe it's not being implemented right now, but surely it will come into people's minds later, right? And the problem there is what I mentioned right? That now you have atoms like 90% staked elsewhere, 95% staked elsewhere, only, you know, five, 10% staked on the, on the cosmos hub. And, and this destroys the invariant that we're trying to preserve, which is that two thirds of the atoms are staked in the cosmos hub. Um, There's, there, there are, there is room to, to, um, to create, you know, solutions that try to mitigate um, uh, all the problems we've discussed, including ensuring that the Nakamoto con- uh, coefficient is is well preserved in interchange staking. And I do think we should explore those. Um, and I think uh, I made a mistake in the current draft of the Constitution to not add these. OK, but um, what what I'm describing with uh, with the Constitution is, you know, uh, an additional uh, a different kind, um, uh, an alternative. Uh, Interchange taking system that that requires the photon token really to work. Yeah.
1: What do you what are your thoughts on mesh security and how how does how do these considerations play out when uh, hubs or sorry zones are securing other zones uh, bilaterally?
0: Does the the security concerns hold up at that point? Um, I, I think mesh security is 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 inevitable. Right. So I do believe that, you know, eventually you'll have all these different hubs, essentially, that are that are securing each other. Right. Um, And I don't know to what extent. Um, The the only problem I have with that um, narrative is that it's not sufficient as in, you know, if if we're to choose between a hub and spoke model for uh, for for, you know, Cosmos versus no hub, but just a bunch of meshes just a mesh um the hub is 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 better than just a mesh system is what i'm trying to say so you can have the hub and spoke model with mesh security with other hubs you know you can have both but if you don't have um blockchains that are uh, that function as hubs then then you have a problem okay the problem is that you know at some point, you know, always there will be issues where a blockchain fails and people are going to want to recover from this uh, failure of the blockchain um, uh, through through manual means by judging, you know, by looking at what actually happened and saying and determining, OK, we should all recover this way. Right. Um, the hub is where that, you know, the recovery decision should be um, should be exercised, it should be enforced through a singular place. If you don't have a singular place that that is um, that is um, where where this decision is delegated to, you've got you know n number of blockchains that all need to act you know in this in the same coordinated matter manner, and and that's basically impossible. So you yeah, but isn't that
1: just up to the market in the end? I mean, you can't force um, you can't force chains to you know build on the hub. I mean, of course, like the hub will. Um, we'll push for chains and we'll do like business development for chains to, to build there. But people are building their own chains, people are building roll-ups, people are building whatever whatever they want. And it, it's, it's it's not a given that things will um, uh, will kind of emerge in a hub
0: and spoke manner. Well, well um, we, we can learn from history of what has already happened in the failures of the financial system and and create a system that learns from that history or we can relearn the same mistakes. So yeah, I mean, yeah, if we just ignore the past and let the market build and, and then yeah, we won't have hubs perhaps. And then and then there will be a failure that cascades the entire ecosystem. And then people will say, holy shit, like a bunch of these blockchains failed because of cascading issues. We need a hub, <laughs> you know?
1: So we, yeah. can, we can go that route. No, I mean, I, I agree like things, I, I think, There are a lot of uh, examples in nature and markets in sort of human coordination where uh, things exist in a hub and spoke like way. And, you know, one way, one thing is like uh, air travel and the other is uh, like the Internet, right? Like the the architecture of the Internet is essentially a a hub and spoke um, um, kind of like a network of hub and spoke like architectures. And so maybe like, maybe the market would just naturally uh, form in, in this, in this matter, but it's not like a, yeah, it's not a given, I'd say. Well, you know,
0: if, well, all we need to do is, you know, if, if the assumption, if the, if the um, premises are true you know, and, and, and the conclusions are true, then we just have to, um, we just have to communicate it and we just have to, you know, um, to to show people this is why, and then the savvy investors, the savvy um, you know creators will understand, and they they will naturally choose you know the solution that has already thought of these issues. You know, mm. um, the problem is when when we disagree internally and we can't agree on um, on what the division is, right? Then you know we we can't do that. But that's that's also the reason why we need a constitution that that lays out um, what is the design, you know, which, you know, the, the, and, and the reasoning can be written in the constitution, but I think it can be implied through commentary, right. And so it could be separate, but, um, you know, I'll just, you know, that's one reason because it, it allows us to be coherent, coherent about, you know, what we are building, which solves the problem that you mentioned. The other thing is, um, you know, look, there's going to be, there's going to be, um, Omnibus, you know, um, a large changes being proposed like Adam 2 all the time, all the time. Um, you don't want to be um, uh, refuting or, or criticizing or, you know, uh, pushing back against proposals, you know, every single time. Right. It's much better to have a constitution where you, you can discuss the vision, the North Star through the Constitution, and then later to say, anyone can then say, wait a second, this proposal doesn't meet the requirements of the constitution. It allows us to free our, 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 our mind space, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it, the constitution,
1: this constitution is a, is a, pl- is a, uh, a scope uh, within which we can have conversations. But I argue this in, and so the, the, the charter that was written and, and posted to the, to the, uh, to the forum, I argued that that charter should have two things. It should have values that are, objective but we realize we recognize that those values are not enforceable on chain and then it should have rules and those rules should be only enforceable on chain and anything else basically like in 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 such a document has no value if you say something like oh adam holders should do this or validators should do that as long if it's not enforceable by chain on on chain it literally adds no value to this this sort of document in the context of a blockchain i don't
0: don't, okay so i'll I'll disagree with you and here's why um the value system um in the constitution system you know the values enforced by the constitution allows you to have a byzantine fault tolerance um, against any number of people who are trying to subvert the, the original values and what i mean is you know um even if the cosmos hub were to um, violate its own values with a bunch of actors uh, who are, you know, quote, unquote, hostile, right to the original values, right, as in a hostile takeover um, and, and and succeed in taking over, right, it would still give, um, um, uh, because of the, you know, the openness and transparency of blockchain and token distributions, it allows anyone to then create a different fork well, you know, comprised only of people who abide by the values and that, that is anti-fragile. You can't stop that.
1: Yeah, no, I, I hear that point. Um, I yeah. just think that, you know, since values can change over time, you know, you, we're in a, we'd be in a situation where we'd be constantly like updating uh, constitutions. And I guess like that, that that's possible. But, well, you um, know, values, and, and also other people can enter the system that necess- don't necessarily, because it's an open system. And I think that one of the values should be, kind of credible neutrality and, and uh, resistance to censorship. And if you have people who enter the system that don't necessarily adhere to those values, like, look, there's lots of people on the internet that have different values. They all use TCPIP. They all use, like, the underlying uh, technologies of the web, um, even though they don't share, uh, they don't fundamentally share the same values. And I think that blockchain should strive at something similar.
0: You know, the, the way to solve that is, it was um what was the platform the way the the way to solve that was the platform originally proposed by the cosmos hub to allow anyone to create any blockchain even connected to the hub that 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 can function as a hub itself that has different values so you know i in that sense i see um the the you know the desire to change the nature of a hub from its original design into more of a i would say more of a centralized thing um is is itself you know it's you know that's what bothers me the most about it is the hub the the hub already provided the platform to allow you to create your own experiment you know why why are you so so intent on changing the nature of something and creating existential risk when it wasn't necessary in the first place
2: yeah i mean i I, you know when i when i think back to um sort of the, the beginnings right of cosmos and there was this idea of the Cosmos hub. So my, <laughs> my understanding of that was at the time that with IBC, okay, you can have like direct connection. You know, chain A can send an IBC packet to chain B. But that this was kind of problematic for one reason, right? That let's say you now have token some token that lands on a chain, but it comes via a different route, you know? That then there's basically like not a fungible token. Um, and, you know, other things like um, you, you have to have way fewer connection, right? Let's say there's like the Cosmos Hub is connected to like 100 chains and, you know, some chain just connects to the Cosmos Hub and all of a sudden they're kind of indirectly connected to all these different chains and, you know, like upgrades would be easier. And so there was, I think, a bunch of reasons. Uh, given why this sort of idea of this IBC routing hub uh, was powerful and, and why the Cosmos hub would, would fulfill that role, I think what we have seen is that hasn't happened, right? Instead, we basically had, I think today, right, all of the IBC transfers are, you know, just between two chains, right? We don't do this kind of routing through another chain, Um and, and I think as a result of that not happening, there's been kind of a question of, okay, but what's the Cosmos hub good for? Like, why does it exist? And I think we've had interchange security, right? That has been kind of brought up as like, well, oh, this is something that Cosmos hub can do. Uh, and that kind of makes sense, right? But it's quite different from what was the original um, Cosmos, the original vision, you know, that was in the original white paper and, and then there's like, you know, other ideas, I guess, where people are like, oh, this is what the Cosmos hop can do. This is the role atoms can play. Um, hmm.
1: So I, I want to ask you, Jay, like, where you see the overlap between atom one and atom two. And this is a question that's been coming up in the comments. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what, where do these two proposals overlap? And what is, let's say, like the compromise that um, mm-hmm. that is possible here?
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, we already made one compromise just in this discussion regarding uh, interchange security through Adams. Um, And uh, thank you for that. I'll update the Constitution. Um, And, uh, you know, from my perspective, I I definitely want the Constitution. I want a Constitution that preserves the original values, whether or not it will pass. You know, we'll see through governance. I want to see the governance happen. Right. I want to see who's who's for it and who's not. I think that that just seeing that would be very powerful. I suspect it will pass despite everything, which which I think a lot of people might be surprised by. But I still suspect it will pass. Um, what I want is uh, for Adam one to pass first. At, you know, but okay. What I want is for Adam one to be modified um, through these conversations to address all the concerns of Adam one, and then. And, I want uh, I want it to be addressed in such a way that what we want in Adam 2 can be accomplished in you know within the framework of Adam 1 right um, so then I want Adam 1 to pass and then I want the modified Adam 2 to pass as well if that makes sense right just as long as we have a constitution and we can um, secure the original vision and you know solve all of these you know and preserve all the all the qualities that we want you know with all the justification allows people to understand, you know, what is the utility of the atom? Why, why does it make sense? You know, why do we need a photon? As long as people understand, you know, through a constitution document like atom one, then I think we will, we will be much better off no matter what we do.
1: What, what's the likelihood do you think? I, I mean, I, I've been following the atom two discussion and then started following this discussion or at least like your, your proposal here. I don't see a whole lot of conversation happening between those two groups. Maybe I'm missing that those conversations, but it, it feels to me currently that the dialogue there's not a whole lot of dialogue, or that dialogue is doesn't appear very constructive. Is that a good representation of what's going on?
0: Um, yeah, you know, honestly, it seems like there are there are two sides to this story, right? There are people who want Adam one and there are people who want Adam two, and, you know, and, and there's, there's a mix too. Yes, sure. But it, it does seem like there's not enough conversation between the two. And um, I attribute that to honestly, the divergent visions of Adam one and Adam two. Um, and, you know, um, so it's a tricky situation. Um, I, I do think that there needs to be more conversations uh, around you know, uh, around both. I've asked questions on the Cosmos Hub forum that you know last I checked wasn't answered, for example. Um I'm happy to answer any questions by anyone, but no one's asking me questions from Adam too. Uh, really. Um and and or if they if they have asked, I have answered, but the conversation hasn't continued. Um and uh yeah, well uh <laughs> we will see what happens. Right.
1: What why why do you think um I don't know. Were you were you consulted, or did you at all like your name's done in the Adam Two paper? But at any point when the authors of this paper were were writing it, were you consulted or asked your opinion or or any of this kind
0: of thing? Um, No, nothing at all. Nothing. Yeah, you know, there's there's this narrative that like you know I I haven't been you know contributing anything. I haven't been involved in Cosmos uh, or development, et cetera, et cetera. It's you know to some extent true because I've been focusing on No Land, right? But like. The reason why i i got out of all the politics and discussions in the first place was because since the very beginning you know from my perspective there was there was a coordinated effort to remove me from conversations because people you know thought i was difficult or whatever because we had difference of vision and and this is the honest truth um i I, you know and and i have tweeted about it but whatever i don't want to dwell there right but this is this is my perspective i've been excluded Um, purposefully um, uh, because, because of whatever reason, honestly, I think we're all being manipulated. I think there's a lot of manipulation going on uh, of all the actors. So I don't blame anyone individually. I don't, you know, I don't ascribe anything to any particular person, but I see uh, how we're being manipulated. I see what the, you know, what the general direction of things are. And I see that, uh, you know, um, so in that sense, you know, I, I think. Who do, you I, I think afford- who do you think
1: is doing this manipulation? Like who? Um,
0: <laughs> Here. Okay, I mean, so I mean, this is the spicy yeah. part. But yeah, who, who do you think part. is manipulating? Okay. Okay. Look. like There are people who are hurt because of my behavior. Right. I was. I was. I was. Um, you know. Like I'm. I'm almost like too unyielding in some sense from the perspective of others because I have a particular version and I want to see it executed. And every time, you know, it deviates. You know, whatever. And, and sometimes I'm not always available because honestly before I was doing so many things, right. And just getting burnt out, I couldn't do everything on time. You know, but on the other hand, I get it. I'm not always the most available and you know, those are valid criticisms. Right. So maybe maybe people are really upset about that. I get it, but I don't think it, it, you know, all right, here's what I think is going on. The thing that you're alluding to, right. Okay. These are facts from my perspective and you can, you're free to disagree, but look, there. We're here to hear you out, man. All right. Um, JFK was assassinated after he, he said that there is a monolithic, ruthless conspiracy that operates in the dark. OK. Senator McDonald, this interview is not even, it's not even easy to be found. It's censored. You're going to have a hard time finding it, but it's it's linked to from the Adam one constitution. He literally called out specific organizations including the rockefeller foundation 1970 and said there is a conspiracy to very slowly introduce a global world order literally said new world order now what we have experienced through covid now if you if you look hard enough you will see it the facts are already out there that fauci um, when he was head of nih funded the eco health alliance and you know um, funded this gain-of-function to engineer, you know, COVID-19 or COVID-19-like viruses, you know, but the, if, you, if you listen to the whistleblowers, such as the ones, you know, retweeted by Kim.com and even before, right, it's pretty clear that, that it seems like Health Alliance is the one that created COVID-19, okay? So the COVID-19 was engineered, and then they came in and started enforcing mandates, which organization, you know, if you look at which organization altogether has been most like vocal in the, in the, in the lockdowns, you know, um, where the head of this organization like boasts about having infiltrated Canada's cabinet, you know, and Canada was really locked down. Where you see the members um, uh, are the ones who are enforcing these lockdowns like Gavin Newsom in California, right? And Trudeau, right? Even Fauci. Okay. Um, where they say where 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 they want, you know, not just the vaccines, right? mandates, but they want digital ID, right? And central bank digital currencies. Where look, it's like this organization has been pushing global control grid for a long time and they've been executing it and they've even been boasting about it it's it's all out in the open okay so um if if they if if this group as a whole was able to stop the world through their vaccine mandate with the virus that they probably engineered right what what are they doing in blockchains cuz that's the other thing they're they're interested in controlling what where are they? Well, you know, I see hints of it. Before I joined back as CEO of uh, AIB, this company was tweeting support for the World Economic Forum. You know, um, I don't know where that came from, but I just see enough signs of it. You know, like this company, gosh. Um, while I was tweeting all these things, ah, God, look, I'm not going to go into the details. All right, I'll just say there, there seems to be. There seems to be something going on, more than what meets the eye, right? And and given given the you know the the facts of the matter, right? That they've even stopped the world. I mean, it's not surprising that they are swarming all over this place because Cosmos was the first to solve proof of stake, and the Atom One Constitution is the thing that is the alternative to the financial system, and the antidote to You know, global control through central bank digital currencies and digital IDs. Right. So it's not surprising that they would have all their focus all over this place. So I don't, I'm not saying it's 100% true. I'm just saying, what if it is true? What are the chances that it is true? Just consider it. Don't, don't, don't brush it off. I'm not ascribing it to anyone, but what if it is true? And that explains what's going on. We should be wary of it. We should consider it.
1: So, some of the things that came up... Um, yeah, go ahead, Brian.
2: No, I mean, I, I just wanted to sort of... Because, like, you know, you're saying things and then there's, like, there's like some aspects where I'm, like, you know, kind of, like, in agreement on some level, right? Like, I mean, for example, you look at something like CBDC. I mean, this is, like, very clearly uh, something that's being promoted. I mean, in the end, like, what is it about? Right? It is about uh creating tools for some kind of like totalitarian control and and i i i don't believe there's some sort of you know colluding organ like explicit organization you know coordinating all this i think it is more something that like governments just have this natural tendency that they go towards more rules they certainly have a
1: habit of doing so
2: they have a habit so yeah, bad of habit that, of right? controlling people, oh, and then oh. and then of course uh-huh. it doesn't was COVID like, created in a lab or not? It doesn't even I mean maybe maybe not right, but in the end like that kind of thing like what is the reaction to it right? The reaction to it is okay we've got to like control this thing, and then once you have some tools of control right they extend, and and I think blockchain very much is you know about building you know an alternative um, but yeah I look look, look
0: just... at 1970s senator mcdonald talked about the rockefeller foundation and a new world order and a very slow takeover for a globalist state his plan got shot down days after you look at the rockefeller foundation and they look just look up the lockstep scenario they put out a pamphlet with four scenarios and the first one the lock step one which they published before COVID came out is exactly pretty much what played out okay just consider these things I mean okay is there no conspiracy I mean the UN you know the would-be global government says there's no conspiracy but that's pretty funny isn't it um uh, these entities exist you know we know that uh secret organizations exist freaking the the united states was founded by one did you know that before george washington there were other presidents in the continental congress some were even black george washington was not the first one but we've we've been we've been you know we've been educated to forget the other things
1: yeah i mean like i think my my sentiments echo uh those of brian uh, when it comes to this stuff it's like I you know when it comes to to like COVID for instance um, I, I do think that there isn't an, and uh, an, well I think my opinion changed about this over time right I think like at the beginning certainly there I think a lot of people were in a very cautionary kind of uh, stance and over time as we got used to uh, the mass like the, the the ways in which we could protect ourselves from covid um, vaccines etc um, I felt that there was a, a, a lingering amount of control where at least where I was living in France that was unnecessary like too much control and like I got frustrated about this all the time but I feel like it, it is just an, uh, a function of states that they tend towards control more so than sort of this kind of sh- idea that there are um, nebulous organizations that hold the strings like you know the puppet strings the proverbial puppet strings um,
0: have you seen the mcdonald interview i mentioned
1: no I, I don't know who that is okay
0: well senator mcdonald look it up 1970 the thing is you can't even find it <laughs> you know must, you can see for yourself that there's a censorship regime when you try to look for this video yeah
1: okay. maybe, maybe touching on this and I'm, I'm bringing this up because so many people ask me to bring it up and you know, when I went into this interview, when I went into doing the research, I had like, I didn't know that this was a thing. And so in in the comments, in the tweets, people shared these, uh, this GitHub repo, which I'm sure I'm more than, I'm certain you know what I'm talking about. Um, I, I'd i like to give you an opportunity to maybe address, like to ask you how you feel about what people are saying regarding this GitHub repo and what,
0: um, yeah, what like, you want to oh, say yeah. about yeah. this? Yeah, yeah, okay, so right. So so uh Jacob Gedikin um has been has been posting um files from a repo that I shared with him a long time ago. Um there is a readme file, a root readme file in the in the docs files folder that explains why I put the files there. It says very clearly that I don't I don't condone any of these. I don't I don't they're provided as is. Here I can literally read it for you. Second. These files provided as is. They were the ones I had saved from my research. I cannot attest to the veracity of the information. I do not condone hate or violence. If half of what's here is true or relevant, then Jesus is the way and the time is now. A time of reflection and repentance, else followed by the words of Allah. Allah, by the way, is also Aramaic for God. May he have mercy remember the last great war showed that hate doesn't work it's yet another triumph for jesus that was the disclosure you know the the the, and there was another document too that i could read you know but you know it, it says basically the same thing these are these files are what are shared in the fringes in conspiracy circles we can censor them and and pretend like they don't exist or we can try to learn what the conspiracy theorists you know, what, what kind of theories they're talking about and help them dispel, you know, falsehood so that we all come to a conclusion about what is actually true and what is happening. Otherwise, we're just forever going to be divided into camps and we'll be fighting ourselves without understanding why. Right. So, that, so that's the that's the harm of censorship. And that's what's going on today. The, the reason why no land is. is being created is so we can have a censorship proof discussion forum where we can actually, you know, experiment with ways to distill truth from all these crazy theories. Right. And if there's any truth, any of those things, then, then, then we should, you know, consider what to do about it, but we shouldn't just ignore it and shame people for sharing these things, especially the way that it's been done out of context and calling me a Nazi. What kind of Nazi says, you know, can you imagine Hitler saying, "I'm a spiritual Jew," you know, and and I support love over hate, and we shouldn't condone hate. You know, does that make any sense? No.
1: What do you mean by What do you mean when you say that you're a spiritual Jew? Because uh, I've I've seen that tweet, but I don't know what it means.
0: Okay. Well, you know, what it means is you believe, you know, you have you you have you believe in a higher being, you believe in purpose and the spirit that this higher being is trying to you know give us. Uh, You believe in, you know, adherence to truth. You believe that humans are flawed, right, but that we can we can listen to the words of the past that are distilled to help us and guide us. The word of truth that was distilled through the past, you know, as much as, you know, a genesis of the Bible is hard to believe. I don't think that's really relevant because it's really more about, you know, the evolution of our understanding of the greater, you know, world and the greater universe. And, and the difference between the Old Testament and New Testament is really what I mean when I say you know trust in Jesus. Okay, um, so um, you know, hope that answers your question. It's about it's about you know there's a difference. Okay, and I'll just kind of go over this because this is not you know super relevant to any of the things the things we're talking about. It has to do with my faith, but I'm happy to share it. In the Old Testament, you know it. it whether you you know you, you 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 go to heaven or whether whether you're safe whether whether you're you know where you are in the world and in after depends on depends on you know what circumstances you're born into okay whereas in a new testament right it's more about what you believe and who and and how you act All right it turns it turns an exclusive system into an open system it allows anyone to participate, as long as you can you can change your mind, think different. Right, the reason why the Apple logo is an Apple bin and you know, the logo was think different because you know it's because of that. We should all be able to change our minds about you know what should happen about the world. We should see that this globalist system that is trying to take control is 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 not is not working in our favor. We should see that we should be able to forgive people. You know, and and understand them, give them a chance, right? No matter who you are.
2: Cool. Well, I think that was a nice, uh, nice way of, uh... yeah, coming to this. Um...
1: Yeah, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate uh, you clearing some of that up, and uh, at least you know, yeah, setting your record straight from from your perspective. I think a lot of people will will appreciate to hear that, and I think. Some people will probably also want to take this and, um, um, and uh, use it uh, against you. Some people will use it uh, in your defense, uh, but at least it's coming from your mouth and not someone else's.
0: Yeah, well, happy to be part of some controversy. You know, I think out of this, ultimately, there will be good. It'll be painful in the beginning as we go through this stuff, but I think what will come out of it is, is, is more light than anything else. Thank you for the platform.
2: Yeah, I wanted to maybe talk about one thing briefly because I think I saw it uh, mentioned in some of the chat here. I saw it also mentioned in, you know, in in the in the discussion forum discussion in like many places, which is basically about what about the ICF and the, uh, the funds of the ICF and should the ICF's fund be used for that? Uh, so I mean, it can provide maybe a little bit of context here, since uh, for those who don't know, I'm I'm on the on the board or, or the council the foundation council of the ICF so basically like the ICF does have a substantial amount of money and in almost all of that budget is going for like cosmos core development you know there's things like tendermint cosmos sdk ibc uh Inter-chain security basically those kind of things are, is kind of where where the budget is going towards it's definitely true that transparency is inadequate of the ICF at this point, right, and not enough is published about how the money is being spent. Uh, this is something that's been, you know, kind of like uh, a work in progress. I think a big challenge has just been that uh, there's a lot of chaos that's been going that ha- had been going on, you know, like understaffed team. And uh, and I think that there was the executive team was kind of very lacking. And so there were a lot of issues that basically just meant that there was, like, so many issues to deal with that, like, doing proper transparency, it was, is kind of like, uh, the foundation just hasn't done a good job in. And I think that's definitely something that will get better. Um, so, yeah, so I just wanted to basically, like, okay, where does the funding go to? It basically goes to those things, you know, for with the vast majority and and so i think for example if you look at the adam 2 and this treasury thing like you wouldn't the icf wouldn't be able to like fund such a thing even if we ignore like the um, legal challenges that there might be with it you know without having to cut back on a lot of the funding for co-development that's happening today so I do I do think that when it comes to, for example, if people want something like the allocator, or where you have basically a large pool of funds that's like controlled by governance and like deployed in this way, I think the only sensible way to do it is through, you know, some kind of inflation mechanism, right? Whether that's uh, changing the community pool tax or uh, or the way it's proposed now to basically have. Uh, you know, governance vote on, you know, minting atoms and then, you know, putting it into some other governance mechanism. And I think, uh, yeah, there's obviously a lot of questions about how would the other, other governance mechanism work and how would it be controlled. And like, uh, there's obviously going to be a huge amount of work that needs to go into that so that people feel like this is comfortable and done in a good way. But yeah, I just wanted to... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Thank you for that. That's a really important point. Um, okay. So, um, uh, I think that the inflation, yeah, should go, should go to the community pool if any, right. Um, there's, I think, uh, some inflation makes sense, but it should be part of, um, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it should be part of a, of a, of a white paper that describes various things you want to do. Yes, that's true. Um, but I don't think it is it should be the atom token. I don't think we need it to be the atom token. I think 20, you know, the amount proposed, first of all, was way too high. And now like people, there's there's some consensus that okay, that number needs to change, sure. But look look at the atom one constitution proposal. Um, we don't even have to inflate any atoms. Okay, first of all, here, here's a yeah, here's a point that I want to mention that I forgot to mention. Part of the reason why there was an initial Adam, you know, inflation was to fund for various things, but also it was part of a story to create a deflationary token, right? So I've been saying, okay, we, sh- we shouldn't think of it that way. We should, we should focus on keeping two thirds bonded on the Cosmos hub. And even still, even though the inflation rate is exponential today, what the cost what the Atom one constitution does is it allows the inflation rate to go to zero and even negative. OK, because if there's enough revenue being earned through staked atoms, too many people will bond. Right. So it might even be like 80 percent, 90 percent. Well, we need to bring that back down to two thirds, 67 percent for there to be a market of atoms. So the the, the the inflation rate might even go negative. OK. All right. So that's the atom story. Going back to the Photon token, we're creating a new token and we have an opportunity to create um uh inflation of certain amount of those tokens going to um going to uh the common pool right without violating any any prior you know uh, social contract you know uh, implicit or explicit regarding the cosmos hub we have a chance to do this why not take it right so um the photon token you know after genesis um 20 of what is created through the burn uh, will be inflated and go to the cosmos uh will go to the uh the, the common pool and from there you know we can use governance to use those tokens however we want so so i think this addresses um, the points that that you were referencing um but you also said something you said um um Yeah. We'll I had
1: I, I had maybe a follow up question here, and and that is um, related to to AIB and tenement. So in the last months.
0: Oh, you've... sorry. C- can can you can you put that on hold for a moment? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Regarding the ICF, right? Okay. Um, yes, it's true that the ICF um, it, it can't do certain things, right? And it's going to be hard for it to do certain things. Sure. Um, but uh, even if it can't put money in a DAO, right, and allow you know the blockchain to do its thing, with you know, uh, even if regulations don't allow that, what we can do is go ahead and create um, uh, a DAO systems, accountable, transparent DAO systems that you know that function um, with you know with, with roles and admissions, right, and, and and that allows people to to to, to make decisions. And, and, and keep people accountable, um, even if it doesn't have any money to spend, it can have essentially, you know, proposals for how to spend that money. And it can allow the ICF to be the ultimate um, uh, uh, token holder with veto power, right, on, on the Cosmos hub. And, and, and this is laid out in the Adam one constitution. It allows for any DAO system to, to function however it wants and be, you know, official DAOs, treasury DAOs of the Cosmos hub. And it also allows for there to be an M of N, you know, um, uh, address uh, which can be comprised of, you know, interchain uh, foundation members uh, where, where they only release funds if they believe that the decision to proposals ultimately proposed by the DAO are good. Right. So this, this should be able to unlock a whole bunch of the, uh, the the tokens in the ICF if the ICF you know should agree to do this, and allow us to see um, how decisions are made transparently so anyone can see you know uh, the transparency of it and and to be able to make uh, suggestions. And also you know the narrative here is that um, the ICF is funding for you know different DAO. Uh, systems and, and user experiences. We we need to do a lot of that in order to create any complex DAO system. If you want really anything to do with, if you want atom two, we need this in the first place, anyways. And we're not there yet. So why don't we focus on allowing that to happen? And here's a way to do it with the with the funds of the ICS ICF.
1: So the the question I was asking was re- re- related to uh, AIB. So for for context, so AIB is the company uh, that operated. Uh, the Tendermint team. So it was like branded as Tendermint, but the company was AIB. Um, in the last year, uh, it was rebranded as Ignite. And then um, it was announced early later that Ignite, the Ignite team would, um, would kind of fork off as its own team and that a new company, new Tendermint would come into existence, or at least a new team uh, operated under AIB. Now, Um, since then, a lot of the, a lot of the team that was previously working at Ignite was, um, was laid off or allowed to leave or asked to leave. And, um, so that's, yeah, that's, I think it's for, for context here. Um, so AIB was also allocated, uh, the same amount of atoms as the ICF. It it was 10%. So this was in the founding documents and the Mm -hmm. Genesis documents, um, what do you plan to do with these atoms, and um, how can they also be used, say, like you know, in a in a way that uh, helps propel the hub, hub forward? Sure.
0: Yeah. Um, so, first of all, if you look at the plan document for the Cosmos Hub fundraiser, um, it says it shows that the Tendermint um, is is given atoms that unlock over two years, right? And then the reason why Tendermint is because Tendermint by that point had already created Tendermint core and the and white paper and all these things. So like, it's, it's more like Tendermint already earned it by that point. It's the ICF in the plan documents that you see that has a mission that has, it's given Adams for a purpose. It's also the ICF that is a stiff tongue, a foundation, not a, not a tax deductible nonprofit foundation, but its mission is nonprofit, right? So it's the ICF that really should be answering these questions and being transparent, whereas, you know, um, arguably, um, uh, all in this, this company, this for-profit company should be free to do whatever it wants. But I'll be transparent about this. I'll I'll let you know. Sure. Um, Yeah, the Ignite team is going to spin out as Ignite, right? Um, It's going to be its own company, and there's a a mechanism of funding to enable, um, uh, to ensure their, you know, sustenance and for them to, to, to succeed in, in doing their thing. I don't want to say too much about what they're doing. You, you, you kind of know what they're doing with, the, um, with uh, you know, uh, right, their projects that allow for anyone to you know, launch a new chain using their dev tools. right? Um, new Tendermint likewise, is spinning out. right? So tenement, the brand and the IP, um, uh, will go to new tenement um, uh, to be managed by, by this entity Um, which is also um, going to be the 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 steering entity behind Noland right so the IP uh, that was developed for Noland is is being contributed to this new tenement company Um, but the majority of the funds and the atoms that remain in All in Bits which you know by the way is now called All in Bits again officially business name wise Um, we'll go back to the shareholders You know it's it's got shareholders it's got shareholders with very different ideas of you know what needs to happen and um and 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 it's time that we create you know we 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 split into bits right and we give shareholders their due which is what they want they really want to see their atoms so this was a, a compromise um that was designed after we had to you know uh uh have a reduction in force because there was a huge crash in the cosmos out um, of token right
1: okay so so shareholders of all them bits will essentially be kind of like given ad like paid the atoms in proportion to their share uh their their stakeholding as though it was some sort of dividend but uh, receiving receiving basically diluting uh, dissolving the, those atoms out into the shareholders
0: yeah for more than you know for for the majority of of tokens yes yeah. exactly okay. there will be more uh, token distribution events like we had already before
1: okay well uh, we're we're at, we're almost at an hour and 45 minutes here um, uh, we are very uh, thankful for you staying this long with us and being so open and forthcoming um, you know one final question that was asked here in the chat um, and I think is a good question to end on is what's your vision for the success of Adam and maybe a follow-up to that, or, you know, if you could add that in there is where does, where does Gno fit, Gno fit in all this? So, you know, if, if, if Adam 2.0 moves forward, let's say um, what, what will become like, where will Gno live? Will it live as an ICS chain? Will it live as its
0: own chain? Will it aim to be a competitor to Adam? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What's your name here? Um, for me, success for Adam looks like the Cosmos Hub um, adhering to its original vision of providing token transfers and, and scalable token transfers, you know, for for itself and many blockchains that connect to it. Um, uh, being you know as minimal as possible as reasonable, right? But still allowing for innovation to happen permissionlessly around it. Right. Um, without it um, plausibly becoming uh, another, you know, federated government with its own, you know, Federal Reserve, not, not another one of those things that are too big to fail. Right. But rather a foundation upon which, you know, if you have a, a better idea for a hub, if you want to innovate upon, you know, and create something new, then you, you know, it becomes launchpad for new hubs to to emerge, new zones to emerge. Right. So this this sort of big bang upon which variations can occur permissionlessly, right, including a lot of the things that we want to add them to. But fundamentally becoming the thing, um, the network, the root of the network that becomes the thing uh, that is used to buy your coffee. Right. For your for your uh, for your uh, for my parents. To buy a coffee, you know, it'd be amazing if they can use you know all the software that we created. Whether or not it's on the hub, probably won't be on the hub, but will be on an ICS zone. Even if it's not on an ICS zone, you know, if it's on an ICS zone that is uh, uh, secured by a hub that is derived from the Cosmos hub and connects to Cosmos hub, that's a success. Right. Okay. Um. With regards to NoLand, um, it's not it's not trying to solve the same problem at all. Um, It's trying to be like GitHub for for GNO smart contracts. So uh, it's not competing with the hub in that sense. It doesn't want to solve that problem because it's got enough problems of its own, right? And it has its economic model of its own through uh, IP uh, license fees. Uh, But it will also connect to other chains, you know, for the purpose of uh, enabling the GNO smart contract virtual machine and ecosystem, right? So uh, will it be hosted by ICS? the root chain, probably not, not for a while unless uh, it becomes, you know, uh, solid and, and, and there's a there's a clear need to. But I think I think we have enough of an economic um, uh, 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 a picture, an economic model for it to not require it. So we'll see. You know, I'm open to it. I just don't think it's something that's priority. But there will be for sure ICS, you know, if ICS succeeds, there will for sure be ICS secured zones that are, running NoLang smart contracts and the NoLang VM that also connect to Noland and pays that license fees back to it and imports code and so on. So I see, I see a symbiosis between a financial backbone and an application backbone, you know? And I don't think Noland is gonna be the only one, you know? I, th- I think there are so many other languages where we can create something like Noland, right? Every language that, you know, uh, is gonna have its own niche you know, of users, so they will all be separate, you know, systems. Cool. Well, yeah,
2: thanks, thank, thanks you, so much. Uh, okay. thank you. Thank you for sharing
0: all that. Yeah, thanks for uh, allowing me here on this platform. It's been a pleasure. Um, and uh, looking forward to the next one in a few years, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, maybe not in a few years. Uh, <laughs> may- maybe, maybe. Uh, Maybe you know we we need to have yeah, these conversations a bit more more often. For sure. Um, thank you, Jay, for joining us today and for uh, for being so generous with your time, uh, being uh, also open about some of the the tougher questions uh, that are not always easy to you know to to address. Uh, also, thank you, Brian, for for joining me as as a co host here on on the Interop. Very happy that you um, you also stuck around.
2: My pleasure.
1: Yeah, and hopefully uh, we can do this again sometime too. Um, And thanks to all of you for joining the Interop. Uh, We were consistently about 130 people in the live stream, so I think it's probably one of our most successful live streams so far. Uh, If you like the work that I'm doing, please consider subscribing and uh, tune in for new live streams every week. So we'll see you next week.